What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. It is game three of Red October. Series is tied 1-1. Enough worrying about Bryce Harper's base running. Enough worrying about Zach Wheeler's slurve sweeper. It's game three. Put that shit all in the past. We've got Kevin Kincaid, and we've got Anthony Sanfilippo here to preview everything for game three. And congratulations on your Braves winning game two. My Braves? You were complaining about the format to us. Well, it's a it's a it's a terrible playoff format. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm doing I'm saying that because I'm trying to defend the Braves. It's benefited the Phillies for two years, and you know you can't come. You not no one in Philadelphia is going to complain about that. But for the sport of baseball, the the playoff format sucks. You at the ballpark already? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that's Ant's, that's Ant's, uh bedroom. It's uh that's the second floor bedroom. Fucking noon. Doesn't the game the game's five hours away? Yeah, they you know so they they start media availability at like one one thirty. Am I right about that, Tim? Is that sorry, Anthony? Well, I don't know. You have to go down for the Braves, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's 1.30 is the first. Uh, and do we, have any, do we have any special guests over there? Is Frankie Two Scoops there yet? Is he burning the, uh, the, uh-huh, the I afternoon didn't even take oil? I check with Frankie Two Scoops. I'm sure they're getting back in the kitchen. They just said that they're opening up the uh, the media dining room at 1.30 for hot dogs only. Okay. Two, o'cl- 2 o'clock is the full meal. What are they charging right now? Are they charging dollar dog prices, or are they they up it a little bit for the uh... free for the playoffs? Free for the playoffs. Oh man, they take care of their media down here at the Phils. <laughs> Did you see T Mac on the Twitter? It was like the the Braves don't provide any food for the media down there. That's just, wild. Just, so, so Tim Kelly from Phillies Nation was just sitting here talking about it, and then um, Kelly the. Um, Taryn Hatcher of the Braves, for lack of a better term, um, they were just talking about how they gave out like uh, cards with like preloaded dollars on them to go spend in the ballpark on the on concessions because they didn't have dining for the media in Atlanta. Well, like your kids at a birthday party. And yeah. it's like, here's here's five dollars, Sonny, if you want to do the bounce house. Yeah, you you buy the four fun pack of uh, Phillies tickets, you get twenty five loaded onto the ticket and stuff yeah. like that. My God. Yeah. Oh my God, that's insane out there. Yeah. Um. All right. So Bryce Elder just got announced game three starter right before the but uh, right before we came on here. Uh, I feel like people. I feel like people kind of knew that was going to happen. No, like, I'm surprised. No? Okay, go I'm ahead. Surprised. What should we know well, about Bryce Elder? What do I know about him is that the Phillies pounded him twice in September. I mean, literally pounded him twice in September. He's been he was an All Star for the Braves, but hasn't pitched anything like one in the second half of the season since the All-Star break. I believe his ERA is something like 5.6. I don't have that specifically, but it's somewhere in that range. He's not been good. Um, I didn't think that they were going to have him come out and try and pitch in this environment. I thought that they might try to go bullpen game or at least maybe start A.J. Smith-Shaver, who they added to their um, to their roster uh, here for the playoffs. He pitched mostly – he did have one – brief start at the end of the year and last week in a meaningless game, but he was pretty decent for them earlier in, in the season in like five or five starts. I think he had earlier in the year. I thought they might try and at least try that mm-hmm. and then short leash and then go to the bullpen. I didn't think they would have a guy that the Phillies just beat up on twice a, a month ago and less than a month ago, come out here and pitch. And yet that's what they're doing. Do you think the conversation around the Braves clubhouse was kind of like, hey, who do we not want to throw to the Wolves? Like, who is more important for our future? Is it the rookie right now or is it the 20-year-old or 21-year-old? I forget how old he is, Bryce Elder. Um, 
Is it what do you, what do you think the uh, the determination they, the thought process? They didn't have good options. Their best option was a bullpen game. In all honesty, force them, you know, force the, the play matchups against the Phillies for nine innings. But I guess you don't want to do that in game three because then you can put your bullpen kind of in a sit in a spot in game four. Um, and then you're relying way too much on on Strider being able to get you, you know, eight innings, nine innings, which obviously he wanted to stay in the game, as we saw from the video down in Atlanta from from game one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. I, I think this this plays in the Phillies favor tonight. I really do. I think it's a good matchup for them uh, for their lineup. I think Nola's pitching a lot better now, and I think it's a it, it favors them a, a lot. Do you agree with? Barrett Sally when he says that the Braves have the Dude, best atmos- atmosphere no. in baseball. No. And if and I, I what you should do is go and find there was um uh Tyler Kepner wrote an article in the, in the Athletic about what game three's environment's gonna be like. And he fl- quotes both Braves manager Brian Snicker and reliever AJ Minter flat out talking about how this is the t- the, the toughest environment to play in in, in baseball. And the crowd's insane here. And every, I think Minter called us nuts, right? Said the Phillies, Phillies yeah. nuts. Like you have an actual player and manager for the Atlanta team saying, "Oh no, this is this atmosphere is like unlike anything else you'll you'll see." So why would he say that? It's ridiculous. Well, he's a college football guy. He didn't watch Game One. He was watching uh, Georgia versus Kentucky. So I don't <laughs> think I don't think he saw that. You know, in between those sixteen innings when they didn't score a run. The uh, you could hear a pin drop in, in, in truest. Um, how, how's the vibe down there? I know you're you're more in the me, uh, the media section right now. You're going to be talking to the guys. I think around one one thirty. How's the vibe? Does it feel good? I know it's a beautiful day out, guys. Um, I saw a video that people are already out in the uh, on the sidewalks tailgating and everything. It's a twelve o'clock right now. Yeah, no. I when I drove down, there were people already in in some of the parking lots and outside, and you know, getting ready for the game. I mean, I guess you know, five o'clock start. It's a weird start time, and there's a there's a there's a, a lot of people probably just probably just took the day and just said, let's just go down there and make it a, make it a party all day. Um, so I think that the city's vibe is pretty is pretty ready to go, raring to go. It, you know, here in the ballpark, it's it's pretty quiet. Um, but that's okay. I mean, you know, it's it's early yet. Give give it a give it a couple hours, and when they open these gates up, I think they open the gates up at two thirty, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then you'll start to see the people filter in. And you'll start to feel it in here when they start playing the music and the crowd get gets excited. Last home game that they had was the game against the Marlins, and when Aaron Nola walked out to the bullpen just to warm up, the crowd was maybe half full. It sounded like it was a packed stadium as they applauded him just walking to the bullpen for warmups, and that's 45 minutes before the game starts. So, uh, you're, you're, this place is going to be amped in a in a few hours. I have to say, I was really annoyed with Game Two because uh, I, and I don't really know why. Because I'm like the more pragmatic than anybody. We do the Rational Tuesday thing on here. I guess it's Rational Monday now, but. You know, I heard all these people saying like, well, they got the split, you know, and if you if I told you going down there beforehand, they get the split and they come back. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, no shit. We'd all have enjoyed that, you know, but it's not that they got the split. It's how they got the split. Like They had that team dead in the yeah. war. I mean, they like that. That series was over. They could have put that thing to bed and that stupid. Like I, one thing that drives me crazy is that when you take something and you talk about something, People have this uh, 
make this assumption that just because you're talking about it, you you're blaming the loss on that. I'm like, no, we're talking about the right. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's well, they didn't, they didn't lose the game because I didn't fucking say that. Like, oh, so, I, I love this, Kevin. No, I love it. So you can see it. He's reading the comments too much. He's on the Facebook too much. He's on the Twitter too much. He's no. reading too many comments right now. And you know, it's just eating away at him because he's working 14 hours a day. The comments don't bother me. It's when people make, um, what's the term? There's like grandiose term. assumptions. No, no. It's like a, it's like a logical, it's like a fallacy. It's a, it's a, the, the two, the it. Yeah, they're like they're they're it's like a it's like a non sequitur, right? I mean, like you're responding to something that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Not once in any like story or in any discussion of the Bryce Harper thing. Like, I didn't see like anybody out there come out and say they lost the game because Bryce Harper was aggressive on the base. But no, I mean like the Trey Turner thing, leaving runners on base, the home runs or whatever. <laughs> like right about Bryce Harper's base ring. It's like that's not why they lost the game. I didn't say that. You know, but when you add, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the result of nobody reading, Kevin. That's the internet, baby. That's the internet. Nobody reads. That's why the headlines have to be really good. You know, the headline. But so that's, so that's where your managing editor should be writing better headlines. That's where you run into the conundrum. That's where you run into a conundrum. You make the headline for people to understand the actual, what's actually written in the story, or do you make the headline for SEO? Mm-hmm. Maybe you should look yourself in the mirror, Kev. Yeah. No, that's actually a very interesting topic because people know, right, if we write in the headline like Phillies or Braves or whatever the fuck is going to show up more in Google, right? But I don't have to write Philadelphia Phillies in Philadelphia because everybody knows what we're talking about. It's a blog. SEO headline writing doesn't match blog headline writing. So we got to pick and choose our fights, pick right. and choose our battles, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think when you stack all of it up, the Bryce Harper thing, I didn't bother me. Because in my mind, it is what it is. Like, that's who Bryce Harper is. Like, we can be mad at it, but we shouldn't be surprised by it. Does anybody at this point think that Bryce Harper is going to change his his aggressive approach in the playoffs? I don't no, know. No, no. And, 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 and you're right. I mean, everything that you've said is spot on. There was not one specific thing that you can point to from game two and say that's the reason the Phillies lost the game. Yeah. There were just several little things. That happened in the game that added up to the loss. Let them off that the hook. There's Denny that, Green. They right, are they, they are who we thought they were, man. Yeah, they the, that just wow. happened to be the that just happened to be the last one. Wow. The only thing that where I side with people who get mad at him is you have to know the situation yes, and know where you are. And and in that spot, you can't go past second base. Just stand there. Just stand on second and wait. You're yeah, gonna here. score if he doesn't catch it. Right. There doesn't need it's an over aggression. And so, like, like, again, it didn't it doesn't kill the Phillies. They don't lose the game because of it. It's just a it's just another thing to, to get frustrated about in a game that they lost. The Trey Turner thing annoyed me more than anything because I felt like it was yeah. casual. It was very casual. Like if you if you're going to go up there and you got runners on second and third. You get a nasty pitch and you whiff, so be it. Right. But yeah. I'm like, what are you casually backhanding this shit for? Right. The game's not over. Right. You know, and then they go on to score four more and it's five, four at that point. If you take that stupid run off, it's like an unforced error, really. Well, yeah. Not only that, it it kind of woke, woke the Braves up a little bit. It did. It did. It's like, don't give, like, don't give these guys anything. You give them an inch. It was their first hit of the game. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're allowed, you allowed, and you have to know Acuna's running. So, you know, he's, he's a, you talk about a guy who's, you know, pushes the envelope on, on base running. Go to the ball, man. Just go get it. Don't just kind of olay, backhand olay a, a relay throw, or not even relay throw, a throw in from the outfield. 
that's where it was. That's the mistake. And that's why you get frustrated there. It was too yeah. casual. That's what bothered me about it. I'm finding a tweet that I want uh, Craig to pull up here. I'm going to be late to the party, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not, more than one thing can be true. I know that's Kyle's favorite, Um, you know, Dude, listen, I, I love your your pragmatic approach to things. I just do not think this was the time to have a pragmatic approach to the Bryce Harper base running thing. I think what, what Ant was speaking my language 100% there. I think this one deserved to take. I don't think you can be loving Bryce Harper's aggressiveness. When I, that when great. I, saw, when I saw her, Kevin, yeah, I was, gonna, I was literally going to reach out to you guys and say, did you get that? <laughs> screen grab and then you had it up so fast i was like never mind got it. what i am now 17 years into my journalism career this is what i like oh gotta get that up right now you know yeah. once, once i see delco uh once i see atlanta delco there i get her absolutely get her right away, you know? that's perfect yeah that is really atlanta delco that is so decatur it's like if yeah. she got on a plane that took off from mcdade boulevard and landed in smyrna <laughs> you know like that's that's <laughs> the landing strip is literally mcdade boulevard and she took off from it um I don't have anything against Delco, though. I love Delco. I love uh, Delco. Shout out Delco. my granny. But uh, I want to go back to the Kyle's thing. Let me go back to the Kyle's thing. What you said is perfectly acceptable. My point about the Bryce Harper thing was that it's like you can be mad about it. You can feel however you want to feel about it, but just don't act surprised. There were people who were like – I guarantee that there are people who were like memeing him blowing through the dusty Wathen, you know, stop sign who were saying, well, he should have stopped it. Like, okay. I, I get it. Like you can think whatever you want. Just don't be a hypocrite. Right. I mean, I don't have any, like if you want Bryce Harper to be aggressive, cool. If you want him to be, um, you know, more cautious, fine too, but you should be consistent with it. You know what I'm saying? Cause like you can't celebrate hero ball when it works and then, you know, criticize hero ball when it doesn't work. That's a whole point of hero ball. Correct. I just don't that, want him to be that dumb. Too. That's what I just, I didn't want him to be dumb. I thought it was a dumb, dumb base runner. I think aggression like innately, like, you know, when you're saying when the definition of the word means that you're throwing caution to the wind or like ignoring something, I mean, dumbness is kind of inherent in the, the word itself. So it's kind of a moot point. Is it? Is well, it I also I also think you could be aggressive and, and not do stuff like that. I think you can you you can have an aggressive mentality and not play, not do something that's got that stupid level. But that's what we call assertiveness. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the bias Harris realizing that he's got a smaller guy on him and he's playing the four and he's going to back down a three. You yeah, know, aggressive Tobias Harris puts his head down, just bulldozes the guy into a foul. You know what I'm saying? That's why I use a stupid yeah. analogy on the website because it's like, I think you can be like, and you can be an aggressive driver and you can be weaving through the lanes and maybe you get from point A to point B faster than anybody else. The assertive guy is the guy four dickheads pull up to a stop sign at the same time and they all look at each other. I want Bryce Harper to be the guy who looks at all three of them and says, I'm going to go first. Yeah. But there's a small thing in there because he, he's going first and he's like, he's got his foot on the pedal literally and figuratively, but it's not in a reckless kind of way. That's why I love the word assertiveness. I love the word assertiveness in sport because it just, it, it, it fits to a T like exactly what you're looking for from these guys. It's like, confidence but but caution at the same time that's why i use a stupid venn diagram example because i couldn't think of anything better you know that story by the way it did really well and i spent like 10 seconds writing it and it just goes to show that like you throw some shit at the wall and you're like oh i'm just gonna throw something on the site i don't really have like, anything crazy to say about it and a lot of people talk about it and then i spend like you know i do a four thousand word thing that i think is really good and nobody reads it you yeah. know so it just but that's philly but that's that shows to me too the phillies fans are like they're just locked in on every 
like like this is why I said to you like that I like postseason baseball more than anything because these moments are like amplified and elevated and we're talking about those key pivots in the game and that was just one of five or six of them really. Yeah. Speaking of Bryce, uh, we all saw Arcia's comments. Why I, I, can you call him comments because he kind of just got like passed by? I felt like by like the guy who was at the Fox Sports uh, writer. Uh, and he was like, ha ha, good job, Harper, for for running the bases and 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 uh, and, and chiding him a little bit. You're a big J ant. Do you report on that if that's a uh, if that's yeah, a I mean, guy it, doing that? I mean, it's, it took place in the locker room when the media was present. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, don't don't say that crap. Okay. Otherwise, it's going to get out there. Yeah, this is not a Jamie Apodia, Matt Gelb situation. Right. Right? I don't think anybody's in disgrace here. No, no. And the difference, the difference there was, was that we had, fin- you know, and not, as you know, I was in that video. Um, we <laughs> yeah, <laughs> masked Anthony in that video. Um, but like we had, we had finished that availability and then was like, okay, we're done. Okay. When, so in that moment, we know anything that happens beyond this is off record, unless you're doing a one-on-one kind of thing. Right. Um, so that's what makes the difference between that and what took place when, okay, we're letting you into the locker, celebratory locker room. Hey guys, the media is coming in. And if you want to say stuff in front of the media, then you know, it's going to, it, there's a chance it gets out there. You think Bryce Harper sees that before today's game? You think that fires him up? Sees, I think he sees it. He's, I think he heard it the minute it happened there. If there, he is astutely aware of what's going on. At all times. I mean, the dude went on WIP and talked to Chuck from Mount Airy. Of course, he yes. knows what's going. Yeah. He's got he, he knows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's well aware of it, I, and I wouldn't. And, and I thought your post yesterday, Pagan, all, all about it was perfect because it, it it exudes exactly who Bryce is. He will respond with his play. Yeah. And he'll and he'll let everyone know that he's responding with his play. I, I have think people would be. Surprise! Sorry, man. I think people would be surprised to know uh, how much athletes typically read. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm right there. Yeah, I'd be surprised everything. to hear that. Yeah, they read everything. Yeah, yeah. They, they may tell you they don't. They re- the minute we walk into the clubhouse or in, you know, I tell you how many guys are sitting on their phones scrolling through Twitter, searching stuff. Yeah, that they're all on their phones. Jim Curtin used to have a, uh, I think he still does. I think he admitted this publicly on a podcast. Jim Curtin has like a burner account. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't post on it, but I think he just uses it to read. To read. Yeah. 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 And and somebody else, not him, but there's somebody else on the coaching staff of another team who texted me something one time and said, you know, this is this and it's not that. And I'm like, what the, where did he get this information? Like he's not on like social media. Right. So th- that person also must have been like on a burner account or the, or the PR staff told him oh. something about Here, it. <laughs> perfect example, Kyle, you pointed out, yeah. and I don't think I'm stepping out of school saying this, but you put a video out when we were talking about the Phillies clubhouse, that former Philly Cameron Rupp yeah. liked liked right. That he liked it. Yeah. He'll be on Monday, by the way, we got him scheduled for Monday. Do you really? Yeah, Cam Rupp will be on no, Monday. That's awesome. That's we awesome. tried to get him today because he's boys with Aaron Nola, but he'll be on no matter what. Uh, yeah, well, so but my point, my point is, is that you don't think Cameron Rupp suddenly became a social social media savvy after his baseball career was <laughs> over, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that the, all these guys are already already on there, already doing. It. They read and see everything. 
So, yeah. I mean, we yeah. got Jake Voracek still ripping Mike Sealski on the crossing broad. Um, that was so good. Twitter feed. Or <laughs> Jake Voracek, I never knew, would, would read daily crossing broad. Which huge. Is, huge. He was, he was the biggest crossing yeah. broad fan. He used to come up to me talking about it all the time. I, so I just had these, like, uh, this, what could be an awesome thing tonight? And this is, like, me just thinking, like, Bryce Harper hits a home run, comes back to the crossing broad Twitter account. And puts the little uh, writing emoji underneath the comments from Orlando Arcia. And <laughs> I would just, I would die. I would die. I would literally be, I would burst into a million pieces. I'd There's a good one. We've had some, we've had some good ones. I think Daryl Morey, when the, uh, I think the girls in yoga pants Twitter account got like shut down or it was like, or, uh, it's like, uh, it wasn't working or something. Yeah. And he, he like, he, he like just replied. He said, uh, well, my night is ruined or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, Ant, real quick. Um, yeah. Do you do you think that I'm going to ask you a Jody Mack type of question where Jody kind of asks you a really do leading, me a, favor. A, yeah. a really leading question, and then you have to kind of figure it out. Do you think that Rob Thompson, when he left Zach Wheeler in the other night, how much of the World Series was like? Do you think he was like? Do you think he overcompensated? No. No, I would have kept him in, too. I, I know everybody was sitting there saying, oh, his velocity is down. What was it down? One mile per hour? It was at 96. He was throwing fastballs at 96. He struck out Austin Riley the inning before last batter with two 96-mile-per-hour fastballs. And then Olsen's single was a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. And then he when he struck out Ozuna, yeah, he struck him out on a breaking ball, but the fastball that he threw by him was 96. Like, what, what are we talking about? Like, he wasn't losing velocity. He had, I think he had one pitch to, um, uh, to Ozuna that was inside that was 94. Like, one pitch. If you're going to look and say, well, that one pitch was 94, so he's – Velocity's down. No, if one pitch out of twelve is down, that doesn't mean your velocity's down. So, no, I had zero problem with it. I don't think it had anything to do with last year in the World Series. I really don't. I think it was. We think that he's our best guy, and we're going to let him go until he can't go. It's only his ninety-second pitch, the home run by Darno. I mean, yeah. it's not like it was one hundred and fifteen. <laughs> you know, he he right. could have finished that inning without a problem. Um, speaking of velocity, it was a made of a big deal uh, in game one. Uh, we saw the slugging percentage uh, for the Braves when it's 95 mile per hour or more. And then we saw the slugging percentage for what it is when it's 96 miles per hour or less. Obviously, um, Aaron Nola isn't hitting those kind of velo numbers. Are you worried about that tonight? No. And I, the reason is because it, Nola's had success against this team this year, right? I mean, two starts, the last two starts. Uh, one in September was six innings, two runs. And then he had one back in was it June? That was six innings, no runs. Um, so, well, how does he pitch that well against the, he, cause he's a pitcher, right? He's not, he's not a guy who throws hard. So how does he find success? Does he find success by, um, by throwing, uh, you know, by pitching to spots and, and, and hitting his spots and mixing things up and keeping batters off balance. I, I think that's how he finds his success. I don't think he's a seven inning eight inning start tonight but at the same time if he gives you the same thing he gave you the last time he faced them six innings two earned runs i think everybody's happy i'm sorry i'm reading the uh <laughs> the uh stupid uh barrett sally thing uh john kincaid is now arguing with uh um atlanta fans in my in my mentions because they're <laughs> 
I don't, I, I, all I know is what I saw with my eyeballs. You know, it's like intern Grace went to, uh, got a flight and got tickets like right off the base path or, or like like couple rows in and she was talking to John Middleton before the game. Like yeah. we all saw that there were empty seats in that stadium before, <laughs> you know, like in the first inning or whatever. He was also explaining that the reason you're seeing empty seats behind home plate is because those are like premium seats where you can go to some buffet underneath the stadium to yeah. eat like steak and lobster. I mean, we've got our share of like rich doctors and lawyers and like their wives sitting behind home plate who could give a shit. But do you see the doctors and the lawyers vacating their seats behind home plate to go eat lobster at some other part of Citizens Bank? But like it's preposterous. So I so I it's funny you bring this up. I actually asked Tim this. Uh, who's Tim Kelly sits right next to me. Um, I asked him because he was down there what it was like. And he said, game two, they actually had a little bit of, you know, there was a little bit of juice in the stadium Um, and not just for the comeback. It was even beforehand. It maybe didn't translate as well uh, on TV for us, but that game one, it was, it was silent down there. They just never, never got into it because they never did anything. Um, But he kind of felt like that, you know, that there was a little bit more juice for, for much of the game in game two. Um, and it, so I think that, yeah, I mean, it was probably not as bad as we thought it was, but it was also probably not as, as good as they're making it out to be either. You've seen the whistle stuff on the Braves online. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I, no, I'd really. ask it's going yeah. like insanely viral. I'm uh, sure. But so here's the thing. Did that person who put that together, did they go through every at bat? and find it was it just single those, you know, you know every single occurrence like when when that was first came out with houston a few years back i mean that was the thing like you the 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 research showed that it was only in certain times right that you heard the, the trash can bang no i don't i don't put anything any any stock into it and, and really if if it was being done why the hell did it take them 15 innings right i mean if, if they knew it was coming they would be they'd be a little bit better off sooner. So the Govs thrown out the first pitch tonight with Raul Abanez. Um excitement personified, let me tell you. Twenty twenty eight presidential run on the line today if the Phillies yeah, lose. I, you know, I hang on, let's be careful because Governor Shapiro is a friend of the program. He is a friend of the program. And you know, that's but. wonderful, and that's great. But here's the thing. Like <laughs> Do you honestly well, I hate feel Democrats? Like, <laughs> no, do you honestly feel like that the fans here are going to go nuts for this guy before the game? Like the whole premise of having somebody to throw out that first pitch is you want to get the fans excited and worked up and whatever. And all of a sudden you're going to throw it to the governor. Yeah. Eh. Well, you know that like, just because because just because he stood out on I-95. Well, that you know, this is what I do want to ask. Was it because was this planned or is it because like is it the Phillies is Israel statement that they haven't released. Like I, I was wondering that. I don't, is, I don't have an Jewish. answer. On that. I really, Kevin, I'm surprised you're laughing at that. I thought you would actually like agree with that. Like this is their we stand with Israel statement. But putting the Jewish governor out to let the Jewish governor throw the first pitch. That's their I don't think this is crazy. For... Why am I getting laughed at here? Like this is <laughs> this is so much better I mean, than a statement. It's an inference. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think what's going to happen is all the labor leaders are going to glom on and they're going to go stand around Shapiro while he uh, throws the first pitch out there. That's true. Uh, Raul Abanez doesn't really get me. You know. Are you say that guy's name? Here. Say that guy's name again. Raul Abanez. Raul, like he's the guy from Street Fighter, like fucking like he's Japanese or something. Now, see, yeah, no, no, Connor has it right. I mean, that would have been ideal, right? <laughs> Take that shit down. 
no, I just, I don't know. It's like, I, I thought the Reese Hoskins, I think I thought the Reese Hoskins thing was meaningful because it was like, Hey, here's an injured player who may not play again for this team. Okay. But the way that they hyped it up, it was like, I thought, um, I, I don't know, like, you know, the, the triple H was going to come out with the sledgehammer. <laughs> again. I, I, the hype was a lot watching it back. It was yeah. a very nice moment, but the it hype was. was a lot. I mean, the, 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 the article that I wrote, I was thinking of like Taylor Swift levels of thing and not re- I'm, like, I didn't oh, even I, know it was yeah. a guy who has a, uh, a spot in the clubhouse. That article um, did very well, by the way, I'll give everybody another behind the scenes peek here. Listicles work. Oh my God. They okay. do. Anytime anybody tells you to avoid BuzzFeed kind of shit, I would advise the opposite. I would do as much BuzzFeed as, I mean, not to the level. Tough to monetize. Good for views. Good for views, yeah. If you want click, I'm sorry, not clicks. If you want engagement, you know, we're just out here farming for engagement, you know. And I got one more for you. Engagement then is up to you. And I got one more for you before you got to go. Yeah. Did you watch the Twins game last night when they were counting down the pitch clock? Yes. I loved that. It's great. I thought it was great. I think that could get an elders elders head tonight if the Phillies fans want to do it. I saw some people complaining about stealing other fans' things. Uh, I like to tell you about dancing on my own when you have a few minutes. Um, dupe. I th- I think it would be great for Strider. I think it'd be great for Elder. I really well, think we tomorrow, could have like a Johnny Cueto moment. Tomorrow is going to be a whole nother thing because of how much this city glommed onto that um, interview that Strider did about not oh, having right. fans in the stands. Right? I mean. That that and as matter no matter how tongue in cheek he was being there, the people in this city are going to just feed off of it. And yeah, and him and him tomorrow. getting there and telling the um fuck you and all that, like yeah, stick to stick to listening to Mumford or yeah. <laughs> uh, what a burn I made. He's, a guy? Burn. <laughs> he's probably a Lumineers guy, you know. Yeah. Ho yeah. hey ho hey! I'm an asshole. You know that's his. Uh, hey, uh, oh, it's so bad. I mean, oh my god! Go put your stupid things on it. Yeah. Uh, all right, and thank you, man. Tell everybody. Yeah, you got it, said, hey. if you see Howard Eskin, tell him I said hello. Howard sits right next to me to my tell left. Him I, tell him I said yeah. hi. He's the king. But he's not here yet. You know, he's still over at, at across the street at the Novacare compound. Oh right, well, right. Is yeah, he actually? So, will he stay for the whole game tonight? Never. Okay, he'll leave. Never. So he for the playoffs, he's actually stuck in for a little bit longer than usual. Playoffs, he's been here for like five innings. More traffic he, to to navigate. Yeah, it's about five innings. He stays for the playoffs. Usually, regular season, he's out of here by like second or third inning. Um, and if there's any threat of rain, forget it. He's out. Go on. See ya. Go on. Got to get out before the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta so. get to gotta get to now. Hey, if you see Matt Gelb from the Athletic with ads, please let tell him that I said hi as well. And Marcus Ace, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll we'll say get hi. Pagan down there. We'll get we'll send Pagan down for a game four. But we got to get him security clearance first. I like Gelb. Yes. Marcus Hayes, I can't stand, but I like Gelb. Gelb, I respect. Great writer. Read his stuff all the time. Uses <laughs> stuff all the time on the site. Love him. So tell Matt Gelb from the Athletic with ads that uh, I say hi. I don't know if he knows me. Probably probably knows who you are. And probably thinks what a lot of other people think about you, but that's all right. He's hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. That's what that's what they all think. I'll see you and have fun. See you guys. Oh man. I don't what want else? to be grumpy, but can I complain about the start time tonight real quick? Start time sucks tonight. Go ahead. I literally walk in the door with both my girls at five Oh five. Yeah. Start time making dinner. They have like bluey on the TV. What the fuck am I like? Am I watching on my phone tonight? Yeah. So, uh, start time sucks whether you're working from home, whether you're working in in the building. 
kids, no kids. It's not even like a family thing. Kids, either. No I mean, kids. Like 507 is just not a good time. I love the little like, hey, we we're done by 430, five o'clock. We got a little hour to kind of sure. get our shit together that we haven't taken care of. I can go to the gym. You can go work out. You can go play on your drums and your cymbals and everything. And then we come back up and uh, 607 turns around and it's a great time. You know, the dusk is hitting right then. You know, the sun is going behind the horizon. It's just 607 is great. And if they win tonight, it's going to be. Uh, and and uh, and the Diamondbacks win tonight. It'll be 807 tomorrow. Well, but here's the thing, right? I mean, they like doing this staggered thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm-hmm. how, but but how many people who would be watching the Braves and the Phillies would be watching the Astros and the Twins anyway? You know, even if you bumped it back an hour, even if you staggered it by an hour, like the two hour thing kills me. You know, I get that like Arizona and LA are out on the West Coast, so it, you know it is what it is. But I mean, two days in a row, are you going to do five oh seven? I mean, tomorrow's five oh seven, also, isn't it? Uh, it depends if if the Diamondbacks win tonight. Oh, okay. I think, All I right. think it's six oh seven, but I could be wrong. I know if the Diamondbacks win tonight, it gets moved back to eight oh seven. Six oh seven. Okay, so five oh seven. Well, first of all, I can never remember when the fuck the game starts. They're different every day. It's like yeah, why is it not six oh five or six fifteen or six o'clock? Like I, I understand, like you know, they never start on time anyway. So what does it matter? Just throw a time on there. And I know, I know. No sports team has ever been able to like lock down good playoff times. So this is like what Major League Baseball does. They're like, well, this is just what we do. Like, but they, they don't, do they, do they think about it? I mean, do they consider like what viewership, like trends and habits are? I mean, people work. When people have, have families. People have kids. People sit down and eat dinner. Like, is it like, I don't know. Anyway, all right. It's enough grumpiness from, from me for one day. What do you think of the brave send off? The, the red carpet? Um, Fucking corny. One, <laughs> <laughs> one in the NLDS. What are you doing? A red carpet send off. Do they do that if it's O2? Because what I think it was, was I think it probably was a, an ad activation or something like that. Something for a sponsor team, a sponsorship that they have. No, um, I, I mean, it could have been. I don't, you know. Um, but imagine if they did that O2. Like, does that just totally get scrapped if they don't come back on uh, on yeah, Monday? Yeah, half, yeah, right? That would be hilarious if they yeah. went down a red carpet to get on a bus to take them to a plane. Also, do you of- always travel with their families? I feel like during the playoffs, like. Families are like never around. When on, on yeah, the I mean, there's like a there's a ceremonial kind of tinge to the whole thing. It's you know like when we send when St. Joe's, you know, however long ago that was, with like DeAndre Bembry flew out to Spokane for the first round of the NCAA tournament. You know, they do the send off, right? They're like all the fans are surrounding the bus and all that stuff. Oh, we're going out to the airport. We'll see you. You know, but I mean, the red carpet part of it is is pretty corny. You know. I don't know. I just that team's just like not likable to me. I don't, I don't know what it is about the Braves that they. Yeah, just you really don't like the Braves. I don't, but I can't really put my finger on it. They just seem like nonchalant and like casual, and <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I sat behind the dugout for Braves Phillies back in uh, May. I sat behind the Braves dugout. Yeah, Orlando Arcia is one of the cockiest pricks up there with Ozuna yeah. that I've ever witnessed in my life. Just top step. Talking shit, giving it back to the fans, just being like, just totally. I was, I was shocked that like no one like pulled him aside and was like, "You're doing a little much right now." Yeah. Like one of the coaches and stuff. Like that's how that's how crazy it was. I mean, he was he was talking with Braves fans, he was talking with Phillies fans, he was talking shit on the top step and, and everything, doing their little flappy, flappy, flappy things when they hit home runs. I think it was a four two loss. Um, it was maybe I was just annoyed because the Phillies were losing, but man, he was such a prick. So I wasn't I wasn't surprised when I saw these comments. I don't know. I've just watched Braves teams in the past where it's like they had some guys who were like a pain in the ass, but like you like you really respect that player and you'd love to see him play on your team. Like Chipper, I mean, like Chip, Chipper Jones, you know, 
Like who on this team is there, like like Matt Matt Olson? Is Matt Olson cool? I don't I don't know. He seems like kind of a stiff. I, I don't you know. Acuna. Austin Riley seems cool. He seems like he, I mean I I can't yeah. hate yeah. I can't hate just like a a two hundred and fifty pound third baseman. Like he just defies the laws of baseball. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's just some fat guy that is just sitting at third base who just mashes home runs. The same um, way that I don't I didn't hate Jake Berger. You know I mean yeah, he looked like, like uh, looked like Paul Blart. Uh, you know. Yeah. On the on the corners in the infield corner there. Yeah, I don't know. I just something about that was like, you know, I tell you all the time, I tell the listeners all the time that I don't get like up or down for games. I don't like have any kind of like real outbursts. I kind of sit there on a couch or the computer, you know, because it's work. But like I was like standing up during the end of that there. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch here? You know, I just couldn't like it just it just annoyed me because again, yeah, again, it's not that they lost, it's how they lost. I mean, like that's this mm-hmm. this series should be over. They should have fucking stomped on that team. And when I see Trey Turner being casual out there, I'm like, man, it's like, I'm I'm not gonna be. Ha- I'm happy with the one-one split. I'm not gonna be happy with one-one when it could have been two-nothing. You know, so they better come out and stomp these these dudes tonight. Yeah, I really do think. I mean, Elder hasn't given up less than four runs since the first week of of, of September. I just don't think he's. Uh, yeah. I don't think they got the dogs today. I think they're kind of just kind of relinquishing game three. They'll go yeah, to Strider for game four. What's the, what's the here? Let me pull it up on the uh, the FanDuel app. You can. Uh, I don't know what our latest promo is, but if you check out the site, you can probably find it. I mean, are we hitting the over tonight? What's the what's the number? The over is in play tonight. I would like to see what the money line is. I'm. I am nervous about. About Aaron Nola giving up a solo home run in the uh, in the first or second. Like if we can get to the, through the second, the third, the inning is not sponsored by a compact SUV anymore, so we yeah. should be good to get through there. Um, but yeah, I think like Ann said, if he gives us six uh, in two runs, I think nobody will be uh, will be annoyed. Also, another thing enough, that is people like me who don't like Nola can't lose tonight. I can't lose. It's either Aaron Nola pitches a gem. Yeah. And all right, let's pay him. He's great. Blah yeah. blah blah. We're moving on to the NLCS. We're moving on up two one to the game to game four. Or Aaron Nola stinks like we always thought he did. Doesn't have it between the ears. Ship him off to wherever he's got to go. And we were always vindicated and validated. So, yeah, you're like me watching West Virginia football this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like oh well, Neil Brown sticking around a little longer. Oh well, we're four and one. You know, I know. so I don't know. It's like, yeah, so you do the emotional hedge, and I just keep betting on the other team until I until. We, 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 we win or I make money. You know, it's a win-win. It's not good. I would like to see my Phillies team win, but yeah. I also understand if you don't have to pay Aaron Nola $200 million in the offseason. That's another caveman thought that bothers me, by the way, when people <laughs> people say, like, well, you know, you don't – you never bet against your team. I'm not betting against my team. I'm ensuring that I, I have a, a backup, like, insurance, like, win. I don't want to have a loss-loss. I want to, like, ensure that I win something. So either my team wins or I make money. I don't want the fucking Braves to win, mm-hmm. but it softens the blow. Like, how do people not understand that? You know, I mean, it's like people complaining about that. Like the people who complain about the like the unwritten rules of, you know, insert sport here. Yeah, you know, well, you don't put twenty five dollars on the Braves, motherfucker. I want the Phillies to win, but if they don't, at least I'm gonna like not feel as bad about it. You know, so, I'll do it. whatever I want to do. It's my money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I also say don't tell anybody how to spend their money. All right, well, you know. Uh, the money line right now, as of 12.40 p.m., Phillies minus 120, uh, Braves plus 102. Uh, the over-under is nine. Mm, yeah, I don't know. 
I like the over. I love the money line. Minus 120 is actually not as much juice as you'd think with uh, a guy like Bryce Elder on the hill. So I think I locked I locked something in. Is that, a Vegas doesn't, is that a Vegas doesn't believe in Aaron Nola kind of line? I think Vegas is, is kind of scared of Aaron Nola, and they don't know where to go with Aaron Nola. They don't want to lose a bunch of money on the money line, and he yeah. might come out and throw a gem. Yeah. They also don't want to lose a bunch of money on the Braves because Aaron Nola shits the bed. So I think that's kind of like right in the middle of like, hey, we can't figure out Aaron Nola, and the Phillies fans can't figure out Aaron Nola. I got it on Tuesday at minus 122, so it has it has gone down um, since uh, since right after game game two. Um, I guess does not appear, at least in the player props, they don't appear to think much of Bryce Elder tonight. I mean, the over-under on strikeouts for him is uh, three and a half, and the over is plus 136 right now. Um, I think this still, you know, I, what I would bet, actually, if I could, I, I wish there was more. Maybe you can find this in other books, but if there's a generic uh, just stolen bases number, not any particular player to steal a base, but there's been a lot of stealing attempts. I would love to see what the stealing attempts is. It's got to be up to like four and a half, which is well, insane. let me see here. Right? I, I don't, Three and a half, yeah. four and a half. Because I, I mean, at least on uh, like Fandle here that I have open, like they only have um, you know individual player props for stolen bases. Trey Turner is plus two seventy five. To what? Steal a base? To steal a base? Yeah. Are you serious? Ronald Acuna. Ronald Acuna is uh, plus one eighty two. Yeah. Plus two seventy five to steal a base. I feel like they're going to get somebody on, and they're just going to be running all over trying to get in Bryce Harper's head the whole time. No, I mean I Trey Turner. That's for Trey Turner specifically, not the Phillies. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like Trey Turner gets on, he's going. Well, yeah. Know? I mean, they were I super think. aggressive. Yeah, I in. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know. I I I don't know what I'm looking at for. Well, I don't think you have to boost value. I mean, that's a good money line number, you know. Minus one twenty. The sometimes you got to just like you know my my thing that I've done. I don't gamble a ton. I, I do because it's part of the our business model and because it's part of the brand. Um, but I've just tried to make, you know, to, to me, less is more, man. Like, don't ever think it. Phillies are playing at home. Minus 120 on the money line. You know, this crowd in mm-hmm. October. I mean, that's all you really, I mean, you don't really need to overthink it. You only have to do more yeah. there, you know. So I, I mean, we had Wheeler on the mound plus 132 money line mm-hmm. last, last game. We looked great for yeah. seven innings. You know, you would have felt like you were a genius if you would have put money on that. And I wouldn't ever get that's one of those bets where it's like sometimes you just got to do something. And you even if you lose, like you got people coming into your feed and they're like, well, you're a mush or whatever. I'm like, no, I would say I would do that bet a thousand times out of a thousand. You know what yeah. I mean? I what used to do answer? that with. um, <clears throat> Yeah, I used to. The best run that I had ever was I would just had an app on my phone and I um I set it up to like like ping me, like give me a push notification or something. Just buzz every time a, a, a team in any soccer game around the world got a red card mm-hmm. because I was running the data on my own. And the teams that, uh, you know, either the, the under hits like 99% of the time, the live under, or, um, you know, the team that's playing up a man goes mm-hmm. on to win. Right. And so I was just like raking money on this. And then I tried to apply it to like different leagues. And I like, for some reason, the opposite trend just started happening. Like all these stupid Italian teams would like, could not play like 10, like 11 versus 10. And so I, I went like plus $3,000 and then I went like minus $400. <laughs> I think I just like pulled all my money out of like DraftKings when I was at like 2,500. Was, was this like, like EPL? Was this Serie A? Was this uh, uh, Europe? It was everything. Dude, I was like betting. I was betting Turkish soccer games I couldn't even watch on television. It's like, oh, well, Trabzonspor got a red card. I'm going to put my money on uh, on uh, Fenerbahce. Korkmaz you know? gets sent off with a red card. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like that. I like that because it's like you're you're betting on a you're betting a pattern. You know what I'm saying? Versus like watching a game be like, well, 
oh, I got to have a hunch on who I think is going to win. The most money that I've made off of betting is either finding a pattern, sticking to it, or betting on teams that I watch all the time. Because you know your team's better than anybody. I know when the union are going to win. I know they're going to fucking draw it. I know they're going to choke, right? So it's like that's where I feel most comfortable, you know? The, the most I, money I, I've made off of something is when I was drunk and I just put $100 and I won $1,500 on a parlay. And then the most money I lost was when the last time I was drunk and I just live bet the Warriors versus Lakers in the NBA playoffs. And I woke up the next day and was like, what the fuck were you doing? So, yeah, we have two different systems. You have the system. You just got to let it fly, though, man. I mean, yeah, that's that's, you know, there's. Yeah, you can. I, it's obviously it's like I was saying about like crafting like these really like complicated stories that you think everybody's going to read. You could sit there and do like all your like Howie Roseman research on like the best like player props for the NFL Sunday or whatever. And then you miss on all of them. And then you just like you're there at halftime, like well, I think the Lions are going to win. You just throw some fifteen dollar bullshit down, and you win, you win, you know. So mm. less is more. I think that is very applicable to anything. And do you yeah. want to mention anything about Gargano? Now they settled. Well, yeah, sure, sure. Settled. Give the people a background. Well, it's not really a settlement. I mean, so what happened in the case uh, involving Anthony Gargano and Beasley in all cities? There's a preliminary injunction was agreed upon and granted by the judge. So it basically sets like a framework, these parameters of what's going to happen next. And uh, so Gargano can't work. <clears throat> He's officially not a fanatic employee anymore. He's allowed to be employed by all city. He just can't do anything front facing for them. So he can't appear on video for them. He can't do uh, right. He can't write for their website. He can do behind the scenes work like administrative stuff. He can write for the other all city websites, but they're basically hitting him with a six month non-compete. So Gargano, Anthony Gargano, more or less, is on ice until April. And, I um, think the six month non compete is 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 a uh, is a tough pill to swallow. The one that I though the eighteen month no sponsors, non solicitation for eighteen months. That's, yeah, that's going to be a tough one to weather. I'll read this out for people who are listening on the uh, on the audio um, feed here, but there was some bullets in the document in the injunction that like basically parameters for what Anthony can do and can't do. So I'll just read this verbatim. Uh, number one, Cuz cannot provide any services to or for all city related to the creation, provision, marketing, promotion, or distribution of sports media content for or targeted to the Philadelphia Nielsen audio market until six months from the date of this injunction. So that's non-compete Philadelphia DMA. Can't do anything here for six months. Restriction notwithstanding, he's allowed to perform administrative work for all city, you know, behind the scenes bullshit. And he can do stuff for Denver, Phoenix, and Chicago. Um, Anthony, number three, Anthony can do a sports betting podcast with Parks and a nat national NFL show with Baldy, uh, but they can't promote it or market it. <clears throat> and uh, number four, Gargano can contribute written articles to all city as long as they aren't Philly specific or published on PHLY. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, they put a lot of egg, their, their eggs in the Gargano basket and now they got a lawsuit and they uh, he can't do anything for him for for six months. I, I It does. You know, I was asking a lawyer last night, I'm like, is a preliminary injunction the same thing as a settlement or does it precede a settlement? And he said it's it's more like it kind of precedes a settlement, kind of establishes some framework of what's going to happen now. This will end in a settlement, but there's pending litigation where Beasley's still going to sue for damages. They're still going to look for their money. And, you know, so all city and um, Anthony aren't out of the woods just yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have uh, Gargano's lawyers and all city's lawyers would not have agreed to an injunction like that if they felt like they were going to have a chance to win the case. So instead they just conceded and said, okay, do the six month non-compete and the 18 month non-solicitation, which I, you know, I think Kyle pointed out the maestro Kyle Scott pointed out that the 18 month, as you just mentioned, non-solicitation 
probably the bigger deal because the thought was that Anthony was going to bring all these sponsors over with him, you know? So I think when you mentioned that, when when you and Kyle mentioned that, I think that's probably the bigger takeaway here because, right, I mean, it's like we can't, you know, do any of that shit for, for a year and a half now. So I really wonder how it's going to uh, you know, affect all cities' strategy here and see what see what they do. You know? Are we going to get Cuz breaking down White Sox all season transactions for the next six months? <laughs> yeah, but I can I can put him on the, like the uh, Chicago Bears beaters yeah. or something. You know, that's oh, oh, Bo, you got to trade Justin Fields. Why is the highest trade value right now, Bo? Come yeah, on, yeah, we're bro. checking out. We're, yeah, uh, the nut. We're here at the Nuggets uh, season opener. We got Anthony Gargano <laughs> joining us. What do you think about uh, Jokic? I don't know. That's oh, really good oh, I just don't see this Jokic fella. I got to tell you that Joel Embiid, though, that's my guy over there. But this Jokic guy, he'll do. He'll do for right now. Would you, if you were me, people are asking me to give like a like a write up of what I think about PHLY in the first like month or two or whatever. You know, I don't know. I, I it's hard for me to analyze like a thing that's brand new. You know, I yeah. you know I think they need a Phillies. I think they need a Phillies writer. I think the timing of that really really hurt them. You know, to go into red October and not have a not have a, like a you know, like a gelb or, or somebody. But I, I, I think if you want to write up on 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 Philly, um, just go to Kyle Scott's Twitter and, and you can get more than enough write ups. The guy, you know, yeah. writes the fucking Magna Carta over every uh, every new article that is written about. I can just copy paste it. Yeah, I, I can just uh, aggregate him. I can aggregate the maestro. Right. Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Jackson Frank should have been fired? Man, why you put me on the spot like this? I don't know. I don't care. He wrote for the Philly care. Voice. He didn't write for like the Inky. He didn't write for like NBC Sports Philly. He wrote for Philly Voice. Like I know Newbeck was just there and he was amazing at what he did and everything, but like well, he's brand new. Brand I don't new. know. Like I'm not I can't answer that. I'm not putting myself in a fucking box. <laughs> yeah. You don't have do you have a take on Hamas and the Israeli the Israeli? Yeah. yeah. Terrorism is bad. Yeah, that's your take. That's a pretty yeah. safe take, right? I think that's yeah. probably what most people should stick to. No, I, I just find it fascinating because it's like, you know, I look at the reaction to it and I look at the counter reaction, and I don't, I don't like to see anybody lose a job for a stupid fucking tweet. You know, I mean, I've been there, done that, but I think like in his case, it's, it's like you know, you're brand new to a job, and so you don't have the benefit of the doubt of, you know, it's not like they're gonna. You know, if, if Newbeck was still there, Newbeck had worked at Voice for like six years, and it's like, hey, people like this guy, and they know him, and he's, you know, we're gonna go to bat for him. That would be different. But it's like we just fucking hired this guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not gonna, yeah, you know, we're just gonna cut ties. So I think that's probably what happened there. You know, he will do just fine on Patreon. He has just as many supporters as he has detractors, and they will pay tears, and they'll forget about to, they'll forget about canceling them, and they'll just mm-hmm. do it out of the goodness of their heart. And he can work a job and then make his Patreon money and he'll be just fine. Well, it's like we said with, uh, was it Blake the other day? You don't get canceled anymore. You just get replatformed, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. yeah, there is no cancel culture. It's just replatforming, you know what I mean? So he's, and you know, you saw there's a lot of people who like sided with him and had his back. And they're the mm-hmm. type of young Zoomer types who are going to, you know, you get, uh, support alternative um platforms for writing you know so patreon do your thing man I don't know. yeah and he's in the perfect he's in the perfect sport to be covering that um a, a, yeah, a more younger cool. progressive demo um who well, replaced the eagles, are, oh go ahead the eagles, the eagles put out their statement too which i was i thought they would you know so i think it's just the phillies and the eagles who put out an israel statement the, the leagues did i think all the leagues did but the phillies and the um uh, the flyers and the union did not do uh 
Do we need statements? 610-632. I know you're being facetious, but I love that topic. I actually was thinking of calling them. I, I actually don't think we do need statements. I don't think everyone I think this is actually sucks about, you know, the the world we live in now. And I think it's a lot of uptick of uh, of social media and everything. Everyone feels like they have to have a statement. Yeah. You know, I was thinking uh, of for a story, I was thinking of calling up a bunch of old like PR people that I worked with in the past and asking them to for quotes anonymous or background or on the record if they want mm-hmm. to and say, like, how would you approach this? Because the way I look at it, like everybody in the Eagles organization, everybody in the Phillies, Flyers, Sixers organizations do not agree on the same things, whether it's politics, whether it's, hey, we should we should pay James Harden versus, hey, he should just opt in and we should trade him. Like everything that you're going to say and you're going to come out and make a statement, we all know that it's from a certain party, whether it be the owner, whether it be the president of, of operations, all this stuff. So like when you release these statements, I just don't understand it because not everybody it works in your organization. Take me for Comcast. Comcast used to put out statements all the time that I didn't agree with and everything. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like so it's like you're just you're you're speaking for all of us. And it's just like it, it, it's kind of like retweets don't equal endorsements when people put that on their Twitter profile. It's like, well, uh, okay. Like then why'd you retweet it? If it's not an endorsement or something like that, I don't know. Retweets do not mean endorsements would not hold up in a, in a court of law. I mean, it's a disclaimer to put in there, but I mean like, you know, to, to make it like a crossing broad thing, you know, somebody came to me and they're like, Hey, should we do a statement on, you know, topic X? I'd be like, Wow. I thought someone uh, actually did that. No, no, I'm saying a hypothetical. Like if somebody, yeah, but it's a perfect it. example. No one gives a shit what, what we you think and I, I know. about Israel versus Palestine, yeah, or about the Afghan war, or yeah. about you know uh, Pride Night at the Flyers. Like no one cares what we have to think about. No, 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 no. And that doesn't mean that it's unimportant or that we don't have our certain thoughts on it. But like we're, we're when people say stick to sports, I've always felt it's more like just stay in your area of expertise in the same way that nobody gives a fuck what we have to say about Israel and Palestine. I don't care about what Eagles fan Jake Tapper has to say about the, the wide nine, right? Cause he's an expert on politics and media and mm-hmm. we're the, well, we're not, I'd hesitate to call us football experts, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's not, <laughs> that's why, that's why the, you know, I, I think that's why it's like when people do the stick to sports or like uh, shut up and dribble kind of thing. Maybe shut up and dribble is not the best example. But when people say stick to sports, it's less like it's not that they're saying these things are unimportant or when they say that they don't want politics being in sports. It's not that they don't care about politics. Like somebody may want to watch basketball just to watch basketball, but maybe they consume two hours of fucking CNN before that. Right. So you can't make this false assumption that just because people don't want politics and sports or whatever, that they don't care about it. That's just they're looking for something specific so it's always just benefited us to stay in our lane you know i don't doesn't mean we don't care about this shit it's just like like you said nobody who gives a fuck what crossing broad thinks about you know the uh armenian i'm azerbaijan conflict uh, you know i'm still getting these jokes off though i will still get these jokes off within reason no but be careful though because we were we were pushing it with the cavalcante shit for a little bit there we were upsetting some people you know well some people were upset some people were not upset I know we were looking for humor, right? We were just looking for, you know, respite through humor. Yeah. So, yeah. That was it's a good crazy that Netanyahu grew, uh, went to Cheltenham High School. I That is the craziest footnote. Oh, is that what you did? You learn that this week? Yeah. Uh, I, that yeah. him and little Dickie went, are, are both alumni. 
together. That is insane to me. I will say, I want to make one point, and this is the last thing I'll say on this topic, and then we can move it on or either end the show. I do find it really, really fascinating, though, how <clears throat> basketball, like you said, has a lot of young and progressive fans in it, right? Um, much more so than football or baseball or whatever, right? Young, you know, men and women of color, like the youngest demo ever, right? Very progressive. Basketball, especially in Philadelphia, has a huge Jewish like fan contingent as well, right? Investor Jeff, Governor Shapiro, <laughs> right? The, the JCC, the JCC's got a great Jewish league. <laughs> the Jews love basketball, and they're very progressive too. Generally, I mean, most most Jews would probably are like Democrat voters, liberals, or whatever. So they would on most things they would probably agree with the young demographic or whatever. But then when you put the Israel Palestine thing, it's like, holy shit, this is like the total, <laughs> the total opposite. So it's just fascinating to look at that, you know, mm -hmm. and you think about like who's put out the statements so far. Jeffrey Lurie is Jewish. Sixers ownership is Jewish, right? So there's very obvious patterns here. I just, I find that interesting to see like who, you know, puts the statements out and who doesn't and think about that stuff. And it is, it is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting scenario. Who, why and why not? Um, Can we go an entire then, show without talking about the Eagles? I, mean, I, I look back to what you said last year before the Lions. Jared Goff is not beating the fucking Eagles. Zach Wilson is not beating the fucking Eagles. Uh, they're playing the Jets this week. I didn't even know who was up next, to be quite honest. Oh, shit. No, I'm living in the moment, man. Phillies. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Oh, I'm doing the Union Media game tomorrow. That's what I'm doing. Oh, have fun with that. Um, and do better. Pat Gallon blasted the ball off my face last year. I scored an own goal. So try not to try not to repeat that. Pat Gallon blasted you. That's nice. Yeah. yeah, Craig got it on video too. It was disgusting. It was like the one time I'm actually filmed doing this, I have a terrible performance. Pat Gallon blasting you was disgusting. Yeah, I have a bad ankle too. I'm not really feeling. 100% right now. So, uh uh. Yeah. train's already started. Stepped on somebody's foot at North Penn basketball last week. So, off the pick and roll, or are you cutting? No, I was in transition. I was driving hard, man. I was trying to Euro step, and I Euro stepped right onto somebody's ankle. And Kev, turned. you're 38. <laughs> 39 now. 39. Maybe we, we bring the Euro step. <laughs> you know, we, off. We, we stay out of the bag uh, a little bit. Uh, um, yeah. Give me a prediction for tonight. In the Phillies win, I think it's a little ugly though. I will hit the over. Mm -hmm. I think they win. I think they win like a like a six to five or like a like a you know a seven to six or something like that. I don't you know. I just feel like there's been a lot. There hasn't been a lot of scoring in these games, really. Well, I guess there was the other night, but yeah, kind of, but not until the end. I mean, they did go sixteen innings without scoring. You think it's going to be like ugly in terms of like maybe the Phils be up six one and then we're holding under our butts six five kind of thing? Uh, with I know, I, coming I, in. I feel like we get like like. Five out of Nola, but I think there's a home run in there. Mm -hmm. I don't think we see the Nola that we saw in against the Marlins, but not horrible Nola either, just kind of average Nola. But I think the Phillies. I mean, I, I think I do think the Phillies are going to score runs against you know Elder and whatever else the Braves throw at them tonight. You know, Phillies money line, man. Don't overthink it. There is going to be a curveball that that Aaron Nola is going to miss his spot, and it is going to be Jack to hair the case. I feel, I, yeah, I feel the same way. To Acuna me, is, of, Acuna yeah. has not had a hit all series, and I was listening to Bob and Ant's pod. There's there hasn't been three games where he hasn't had a hit, and yeah. I feel like today he's going to unleash one. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't expect the Braves to go another like 15 straight innings without scoring a run right now i think i think the phillies production has to has to match it yeah mm -hmm. and then are you on whistle duty or am i on whistle duty 
You're on whistle duty. All right. Yeah. I want to. I want to know if the Braves hacked the pitch comp. I'll be watching on my phone while cooking dinner for my kids tonight. You know, so. five oh seven start. Um, Brutal. And then uh, Jets Eagles prediction for the people. Uh, I'm going to combine money line and total. I'm going to say the Eagles and the under. What are we looking at? Twenty one seventeen. Twenty one thirteen. I feel like like a like a yeah like a twenty one to like uh, thirteen or a you know a, a, like a twenty four to ten or something like that. I don't think the I don't think the Jets are going to do much against the Eagles defense. I'm gonna say thirty one fourteen Eagles. They go three for three in the red zone. Two touchdowns, one field goal. Yeah. That's the incremental improvement this week. They get the red yeah. zone figured out. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five one. Phillies tonight, five-one Phils. Okay. Yeah, I think I think game three we're gonna be we're gonna be wondering why we were so worried about everything. <clears throat> I think they're gonna take it to Elder pretty quickly. I think he's gonna get the hook around three or four. Um, okay. And I just I I, I I gotta I have nothing else to do but believe in Aaron Nola. So um, I think there will be a fourth inning home run, and we'll all be holding onto our butts, being like, "Is this the Nola? Is this the Nola? He'll he'll load the bases." Like, yeah, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it'll get iffy. I think it'll get iffy. I, I, mean, I think they'll win, but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be like, you know, smooth sailing mm-hmm. getting there. I also like minus 210 uh, Salchunas to take over for Gargano in the uh, midday spot at the Crossing Broad Sportsbook. So you, th- so you think they're just going to let Andrew do it and then pair him with somebody else? Yeah. What else are they going to do? Not a lot of options. Yeah. Not internally. Oh. Yeah. What's what's the field? The field probably looks like minus three hundred if you're not on the San Junis train. Yeah, I mean that's tough, man. I don't know how management feels about their young talent over there. You know, I mean, I think Tyrone is probably in a, same, in a similar situation because it's like he was a second seat, you know, with Mike Missinelli. I mean, do, does management feel like you know a second seat can be elevated to you know the the number one seat? You know? <clears throat> I don't know. I have no. I have no read on that. To be quite honest, you know, I, they're bringing in a new program director, so see where they go from there. I think they should pull oh, outside of the. I like the field. Then, if they're bringing a new program director, I like the field. Let's bump yeah. the field up to minus five hundred. It's going to okay. be the field. Yeah. All right. The field. Flyers predictions from Philly fan. He's always a good listener. We'll oh, yeah, don't they start this week? Yeah. Don't. What's going on? What's the Flyers enter here? When do they play? <clears throat> I think next week, right? Because isn't it? Uh, Oh no! It's the is that Blue Jackets game a uh, tomorrow? Yeah. That's tomorrow. Um, I will tell you this: Tortorella runs such a tough training camp that it's almost impossible to not come out in the green on money lines for the for the Flyers in the first five games. I would bet Flyers money lines early. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone else was do this. was going through training camp. You can look at it last year. I believe they yeah. beat some pretty good teams. I think they beat like two or three playoff teams last year. If you go money line for the first five games, it's a Kyle Pagan guarantee you're going to come out in the green. Yeah, the question is whether they get obliterated by the Stars on the 21st or the Knights on the 24th. I feel like they win be- one of them, and you juice on the on the uh, and you got the juice on the uh, money line. That's going to pay for your whole thing. Yeah, the Blue Jackets are coming into the season with some uh, some turmoil. Um, I, li- I like those. I'm going to look at those odds and see what I can get, see what value I can get here. I, and the Senators stink. So. Yeah, Philly fans said the Flyers were the best covering team last yeah. season, 66%. I wish someone would have told me that. Maybe I would have tuned into one Flyers game last year. You got to wait until like January before you just start betting against them every night because they they always come out pretty hard. hard and then they were 66% of the time last year. Yeah. Yep. It's a tor- that's the torch. That's yeah. a torch team. 
or riding with the Flyers. It's a new era of orange. It is. Uh, let's go Flyers. Hashtag let's go Flyers. Did you see that's their hashtag this year? Oh, let's go Flyers. It's their hashtag. So, yeah. Hey, man. There's worse. Yeah. Fueled by Philly. Are you going down to the food thing tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be going down the food thing okay. tomorrow. So we'll talk about that uh, after we're uh, okay. after we're done here. But all right, everybody. Game three, right. right October. If you're going down tonight, have some fun. Go nuts. Yep. Go insane. Abandon all inhibitions when you walk through those gates. I want you to be loud. I want Bryce Elder to remember the day he played the Phillies. We'll talk to you next Monday. <laughs>